Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Second hour here on Thursday morning. And uh, room for you at 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello, you're on the air. Nope. Okay. Once, twice. You'll have to call back. Uh, so we do have room for you then at 508-996-0500. You can also send app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can uh, also... Send in your open line voicemails on the WBSM app if you would like to do that as well. We'll preview it here during a break or during the news and then play it on the show. And you can record those anytime. So if if the show that you want to contribute to is off the air, that's all right. You can just send the message to that show and then we can get it on there for you. Uh, we were talking in the first hour well, about a lot of things, but I started off talking about whale poop. yes. I figured if you're just sitting down to have breakfast, now is the time to bring up whale poop. Uh, you can check out the story at WBSM.com and on the app, which explains how that it's part of a process called a whale pump that helps to keep life on Earth sustained. Every other breath that we as humans take, we can point to whale poop as, as helping to accomplish. I know it sounds weird. I learned all about it when I went to the Whaling Museum yesterday and saw the new 3D film that they have there about blue whales. So if you are interested in whales and if you are a fan of nature documentaries or even if you just want to see a really cool 3D short film, again, it took about 25 minutes, a half an hour. Uh, that's about how long the film was. So it's not like you have to put out a, a huge part of your day. To be able to go and see this, it's five bucks to get a ticket to it, three dollars if you're a member of the Whaling Museum, and all the information is in that story at WBSM.com and on the app, including a link to buy tickets. There are a couple of shows a day. Let me give you the exact times, see if it works with your schedule. Also in that story, you can actually see a photo. I, I embedded a photo from Instagram from the uh, documentary filmmakers Instagram where you can actually see the whale pump in action, if you get what I'm saying. But uh, daily showings are at 10.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 1.30 p.m., and 2.30 p.m. So basically from 10.30 to 2.30, uh, uh, you know, every every hour. So 10.30, 11.30, 12.30, 1.30, 2.30. And the film is going to run through at least March of next year, according to one of the whaling museum 
folks that I talked to yesterday. So go out and check it out if you like 3D movies, if you like whales, if you like poop. It's good for you, no matter what. I mean, I'm not judging. You're into what you're into. As long as it's not hurting anybody else, I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything, but the, I, I was funny because there's a scene in it, and I'm, I'm not going to try to ruin it, but there's a scene in it where they use a drone to collect mucus samples from when the whale spouts out of its blowhole. And I'm like taking notes on my phone for things I'm going to write about and, and going to see this. And they send out drones to go collect these samples. And I'm like, oh, there's a gross part where they go and collect whale snot with a drone. That's going to be the grossest thing in the film. And then like a few minutes later, they're like, and poop. <laughs> and it's narrated by Andy Serkis, who you probably know from a lot of the work that he's done. He does a lot of motion capture stuff. So he's he plays the apes in like Planet of the Apes. He's done a lot of that kind of stuff. But he's also a, a, a great narrator he has a great voice he's british he has a great voice and so you get to hear him say the word poop on i believe he uses the phrase the world's biggest poop so again five bucks that's all it's going to cost you to go check that out and see it for yourself but uh check out the story at wbsm.com and on the app and you can see the trailer for that film so i had said earlier that we were going to talk about this idea of this bill about having 10 pilot communities that would put in traffic cameras just like they have in Rhode Island. Here, we would have traffic cameras that are on stoplights. Uh, where were some of the other places that they said that they could be? Give me one second. Traffic lights, stop signs, and even along school buses. But as part of this bill, because they don't want this to be punitive, they don't want this to be something that, and, and they don't want it to be something that people are looking at as just a revenue generator. Like, oh, doesn't Massachusetts get enough out of us? Now they want to try to bag us for speeding with cameras everywhere. It's more about enforcement than it is about punishment. And certainly more than it is about revenue, according to the lawmakers behind this. The idea is that the, the fines would be capped at $25. So it's essentially like getting a parking ticket. Now, the problem is people will ignore those fees, ignore those fines, just like they do with a parking ticket, and then you walk out of somewhere and there's a boot on your car, or they're towing it away, or you've got a summons to court. But, you know, it would be a $25 fine maximum. And they are also saying that the cameras would be pointed at the rear of vehicles to avoid any racial profiling. Which I think will counteract some of the arguments people will have against putting these in. But do they make the areas where they are safer? I mean, again, my, I don't have the data in front of me. But my anecdotal evidence is that when I'm driving through Rhode Island and I encounter these cameras, I slow down. Or when I know that when I see the signage that says there's a camera coming, I slow down. And I'm not speeding anyway. But if I'm going down a Providence Road at 11:30 at night and there's nobody on the road and the speed limit's 30, I'm probably going 40. 
And then it's very hard, by the way. Have you ever had to drive like 20 to 25 miles an hour for an extended period of time? It's one thing when you're going through like a school zone or a brief place where they want you to reduce speed because of a sharp turn or something. But it's it's difficult to maintain a speed like that in today's vehicles for a extended period of time. Now, I don't have cruise control. I'm sure some people can get around it by setting cruise control, but I just find it it's hard. Like I'm just trying to push my way through. Maybe it's just my car, but I'm trying to push my way through and I'm like, oh, I'm already going 30. Plus my car has always been, the speedometer has always been off. It's five miles less on my speedometer that I'm actually going. That's based on what I see on those radar signs that tell you your speed and based on what my ways is telling me as I'm driving. So those two factors together make me think that, yes, it's, it's accurate. My car is five miles an hour off, and I don't know why. I'm sure that could be, you know, tuned to make it so that it doesn't happen anymore. But at this point, I'm seven years into driving this car. I'm, I'm, my mind works that way. It's like when somebody gets in the car and they say, your clock is five minutes fast. You, should, you know I can fix that for you, right? And I'm like, yeah, I can fix it too. Leave it alone. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm not late anymore to things. But uh, yeah, so I think that there's going to be a push from some folks in certain areas and certain communities to want to have these in. And then other folks are going to say, we don't want these anywhere near our neighborhoods. We don't want these anywhere near our city streets or our town streets. But with 10 communities as a pilot program, it's, it's worth seeing if it makes a difference, especially where they've said it's not about the revenue. They're doing it as a safety measure. They can only place one camera per 2,500 people. That way there you can't over-target a particular area. And again, the cameras will be rear-facing so as to avoid any racial profiling. They only take a picture when a violation occurs so they're not constantly rolling. And nothing gets saved except for photos of a violation, which you will be sent the photo, from my understanding, when you, when you actually commit a violation. They're going to send you the photo evidence and basically say, here's our proof. I will say this, it's probably more accurate than getting pulled over by a human being that, you know, it's different now because now they use the LIDAR, so it's a, it's a lot more accurate and it's hard to dispute that in court because it's so accurate. Radar was more of a, it had its issues. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you this morning? Doing all right. What's on your mind? What's on my mind is that in a booming economy in Massachusetts, three out of ten people are not either licensed or, or uh, registered to begin with. Um, the fact that they steal plates and you'd be photographing a stolen license plate isn't out of the ordinary either. Basically, what I'm saying, you've got a habitual offender. Take the power, not the license. 
They're going to drive anyway. Take the car away. Oh, I was driving somebody else's car. Well, you owe somebody else's car. These are the rules. These are the laws that we enforce. But if you get tough, there'll be a there'll be a political action committee to fight you all the way to hell and back. So basically, it is a revenue situation, and I'm glad it is. I say bleed everybody, bleed their money out to the point that they just stay home and let life be life for the people who do what they're supposed to do. Because this, 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 they do everything except drive on sidewalks and expect to get away with it. And if you really want to be tough, bring back the registry police so that our regular police office, officers can concentrate on the community. Or either that or put tow trucks out, state tow trucks everywhere. So we get pulled over. You might have a state tow truck that's hauling you right off and handcuff you. The police are getting a police station. That guy goes to the impoundment lot. And if you get tough like that, there'll be a lot of civil war stuff going on in your local communities up in arms about it. And that's good because sometimes, sometimes that's what it takes. A punch in the face might change the game plan if you think you're going to hostile Massachusetts laws and the citizens that you're affecting with your irresponsible behavior. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Have a good day. And um, I I caught most of that. That that phone is rough, man. You gotta you gotta get a new phone. All right, I've got to uh, take a break here. We'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. I'm just trying to wake you up before you go-go. I'm trying to make sure that you start the day off right and uh, talk to you about things like, you know, traffic cameras and whale poop, right? So 508-996-0500. By the way, thanks to everybody who did chime in. Um, After the show, I heard from some other people about how many trick-or-treaters they had. And a lot of them are still, you know, the same thing. Sketty said she had no trick-or-treaters. But Fire Brian in Fairhaven said he had over 200 kids in the Castle Ave neighborhood of Fairhaven. So it's, again, there seems to be no rhyme or reason. Some neighborhoods had record numbers and some had nobody out trick-or-treating. Very strange. I don't know. Maybe next year we'll, we'll be lucky enough to have a Halloween where it'll be a nice warm night. No rain. Then we can kind of see. Is it is it that kids don't want to get out there and get the candy? Because there's a meme going around on social media right now of 
It's a picture of kids trick-or-treating on the top. And on the bottom, well, it says, I'm so glad I grew up doing this. And then it says, instead of doing this, and then it's a photo of trunk or treat. And that meme just ticks me off to no end. You're not better because you went to people's houses and knocked on the door and asked them for candy. Halloween is Halloween. Let kids have fun the way that they want to have fun. Not everybody is comfortable going up and knocking on somebody's door. And some neighborhoods have turned into the point where people just shut the lights off and lock the door and don't want to answer the door and give out any candy. So when you go to a trunk or treat event, you've got all these people who are there because they want to actively participate and give candy to kids. And you've got to turn it into something that you can mock. Anyway, we can talk more about that, 508-996-0500. But right now, it is time to go into the newsroom, and we're going to get all of the stories of the day with Ariel Dorsey. President Biden says he thinks we need a pause in the Israel-Hamas war. Biden made the comment yesterday during an event in Minnesota after he was interrupted by a rabbi in the audience who was calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. The White House has previously said it would consider supporting a human humanitarian pause to allow aid into Gaza. Donald Trump Jr. will continue testifying today in the New York civil fraud trial involving him, his brother Eric, and their father, former President Donald Trump. They're charged with fraudulently overvaluing their prop their properties to get better rates on loans and insurance. On Wednesday, Trump Jr. testified that he didn't recall being involved in compiling the business's financial statements. This year's winners of the World Series are the Texas Rangers. It's the first ever championship for the Rangers who defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 5-0 in Game 5 yesterday in Phoenix. Texas shortstop Corey Seager was named the World Series MVP. The D-backs managed just five hits in the loss. Toyota is announcing a wage increase after the United Auto Workers reached agreements with the big three automakers. The Japanese care maker says it's not releasing the details of the increase publicly. A flyer circulating on social media showed Toyota was introducing wage increases starting in January. The new Rolling Stones album has set a new chart record in the U.S. Hackney Diamonds debuted at number three this week on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. That makes the Rolling Stones the first act to reach the top 10 with a new album in the U.S. every decade since the 1960s. Move over pumpkin spice. Christmas is coming to Starbucks. Nika Magahis has the details. The Seattle-based coffee giant will be rolling out this year's holiday cup designs on Thursday. The cup collection will have a traditional mix of holiday red and green, plus magenta and some sparkle accents. This year's cups are designed by Bridget Schilling. Also on Thursday, customers can start ordering Starbucks holiday drinks, which include the peppermint mocha, caramel brulee latte, ice sugar cookie almond milk latte, and chestnut praline latte. This year's new drinks are the Oleato gingerbread oat milk latte and iced gingerbread oat milk chai. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. 
In sports, the Celtics had an offensive explosion in their big win over the Pacers. Boston blew out Indiana 155-104 to at TD Garden. And Jason Tatum led all scorers with 30 points and also collected a game-high 12 rebounds for a double-double. Derek White chipped in with 18 points as every member of the starting lineup scored in double figures. On Saturday night, the Celtics will visit the Brooklyn Nets. A pair of former Patriots would not be surprised to see a familiar face back in Foxborough. Rob Gronkowski and Devin McCourty suggested that recently fired Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels could return to the Pats. Each mentioned the lack of production from the current Patriots offense and the money still owed to McDaniels by the Raiders. New England is currently last in the AFC East and will host the Washington Commanders Sunday afternoon. And a top prospect in the Bruins system is set to make his NHL debut with the recent suspension of Charlie McAvoy and injury to Matt Grizzlick and Mason Lowry will be paired with Brandon Carlo for tonight's battle against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Bundle up this morning. These temperatures unseasonably cold in the upper 20s and around 30. Those wind chill values in the mid 20s. Clouds will linger on the Cape and the islands. Otherwise, mostly clear skies. Sunny this afternoon with attempts around the upper 40s. That's 10 degrees below average. Overnight tonight, another chilly night. Tomorrow, temperatures head back to more seasonable. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from the ABC6 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist at Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Slide feet up the street, bend your back, shift your arm, then you pull it back. Let's hard, you know. Egyptian. And welcome back in 508-996-0500. You know, when Susanna Hoffs gives that little side eye in the video before she says walk like an Egyptian the second time, the only bangle to say it twice in that song, when she gave me that little side eye, young Tim, I was probably like eight years old, young Tim looks at that and goes, Oh, oh, that's why I like girls. <laughs> I just fell in love with her right in that moment, that little side eye in that video. And uh, she's still awesome to this day. But they're talking about how all the cops are hanging out in the donut shop in that song. And at least in Akushnet, they finally can again because the Akushnet Duncan has reopened. The Duncan on Main Street, they've had a renovation. It has reopened. It is open this morning. So uh, you can go and stop by there if you are in that area and you're looking for some coffee. 
And, you know, it's funny because I wrote the article last week about the demolition of the old Fairhaven Duncan starting to make way for Starbucks and got such vitriol from people who don't like Starbucks. Some people don't like Starbucks because of their political policies and, and, and the initiatives that they support or uh, I know that some of the um, baristas in the union had, the, the barista union had come out in support of the Palestinians and that, that ticked some people off. And uh, just so much negativity and, and hatred for Starbucks. And I think it's a lot of that is just because you're hardwired to prefer Dunkin'. There's only one way to solve this, and that's to bring back Mr. Donut, the best donut shop of all time, the best New England donut shop of all time, I should say. You know, the best chain. We have a lot of great independent donut shops across the South Coast. But for me, Mr. Donut, and I still, you know, I still think to myself, I should really go to the Wareham Flea Market and buy that Mr. Donut sign. I think it's like 300 bucks, and it would be a total waste of money because I don't even know where I would put it, but owning that piece of New England memorabilia. Ariel's looking at me like she has no idea what I'm talking about because by the time you were born, Mr. Donut probably didn't exist anymore. But it was a it was a chain of donut shops that was, in my opinion, far superior to Dunkin' Donuts. And then I think Dunkin' Donuts bought them out and absorbed them and uh, Duncan was great for a while, but then I don't, you know, now it's just changed. It's different. It's not like the old day. You used to, you, you're not going to believe this, Ariel. You used to be able to go into Dunkin' Donuts when it was still called Dunkin' Donuts. You used to be able to go in there and sit down at a counter, like with stools, and they would serve you your coffee in a ceramic mug. Like you would have, a, a, I think it was like a teacup with a saucer underneath it. And they would, you know, refill your coffee and everything. And so you would sit at the counter when you went into a Dunkin' Donuts. Now they've got like three tables and nobody's really stopping and sitting in there. Like the only people using the tables in there are people like me that are like, I've got to send out this story right away. I've got to go and find a place to plug in my computer and get on some Wi-Fi. So it's just not the same. Mr. Donut. We, we, we miss you. We, we didn't appreciate you when we had you. Dunkin' Donuts definitely had the better marketing. You couldn't compete with Fred the Baker. When he made that, that commercial where he dressed up as a lady and walked into the store with his finger over his mustache with the white glove and said, Are these donuts fresh? That's when I was like, it's over. The donut wars are over. Fred the Baker and Dunkin' Donuts have won. Mr. Donut can't compete with that. That's just good good stuff right there. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. So you tell me that you 
Welcome back in 508-996-0500. And never there is part of the reason why kids might have stopped trick-or-treating. Because you might be out there handing out candy, but maybe your neighbors aren't. Maybe that's why there were so the numbers were down in some spots, is neighborhood participation. So that could play a factor, I think. But uh, I was talking about the meme that's going around in which people are basically berating the idea of trunk or treat. And John in Fairhaven sent in an app chat message saying trunk or treats are ruining Halloween. And I, I disagree. I think, first of all, most of them don't happen on Halloween for a reason. They're, they happen on other days. So that you can go to the trunk or treat event and then still go trick or treating on Halloween. It's not intended to replace it. It's intended to be another fun activity. And many trunk or treat events are put on by local police departments as a community event to be able to have the officers interact with the kids. Have them get to see police vehicles. Or it's something that schools put on or other civic organizations as a way to give back to the community. And if you think that that's ruining Halloween, you've got the wrong perspective. If they were happening on Halloween and people were saying, come to trick or, trunk or treat instead of going trick or treating, then you could make that argument. But having more fun activities to do around Halloween time? I mean, that's like saying putting lights up in your yard is ruining Edaville. Because why would you go to Edaville when you could just drive around and look at people's yards? No, you, you still do both. By the way, the Festival of Lights right around the corner. But the uh, I'm actually heading over there today for something. So I'll have that story for you tomorrow. But I think that it is just another example of how people look at things that are different than they might have been 20, 30 years ago. And they got to point to that and say, well, that's ruining America. Just because they didn't do it when you were a kid doesn't mean that it's bad that they do it now. And, you know, it's the same argument you hear from people that say, well, you know, uh, youth sports were ruined because they give kids participation trophies now. As if a kid isn't smart enough to know the difference between getting a participation trophy and, you know, winning the league. Now, I did, I, I've, I've told this story before, but I did coach youth basketball for a season and it was through the YMCA and the youth sports director said, we're not going to keep score. We just want the kids to learn the skills and the fundamentals. We don't care who wins or loses. We're not going to keep score. And I thought that, that was ridiculous. It's like you can, you can still teach fundamentals, but also keep score. What you do is you teach the kids not to feel like it's the end of the world if they lost. You got to give them perspective. This isn't a real game, kids. This is just a league in which we're teaching you skills. Who cares who scored more points? But yet you still need to know that there will be a winner and a loser in it. But that doesn't mean you can't give all those kids a trophy at the end to say, hey, here's a little souvenir, a little bit of memorabilia from this season. 
And then you just make the person, you know, the, the trophy for the team that wins much bigger. 508 uh, I'm pretty loaded up on spots, so I'm going to take another break here. When we come back, we can take some more of your phone calls or your app chat messages on the WBSM app. We'll be back in a few moments. Jim. a nice day. Don't forget, too, that you can also get out and vote, right? We've been talking about, I talked to somebody who works at the polls and said early voting in New Bedford is going very well. That right now they've had some, between the the, uh, early voting on Saturday and then the early voting that happened yesterday at Tabor Mills, they've had some really good numbers here in the early going. So that's very encouraging for what we can expect from the overall election when election day happens next Tuesday. Today you can early vote at the Hazelwood Senior Center. So that's happening from 11 to 3 today in person early voting at the Hazelwood Senior Center. And of course, we know that uh, the residents of New Bedford will vote for the next mayor. Well, Incumbent Mayor John Mitchell get a sixth term in office, or will Tyson Moultrie beat him out? The city council at large race has all five incumbents running for re-election, but a couple of the challengers nipping at their heels. In Ward 1, it is once again between incumbent William Brad Markey and challenger Leo Chiquette. And in Ward 5, it's going to be longtime councillor Joe Lopes making the move from Ward 6 to Ward 5, facing off against Zach Boyer. Plus, there are some uncontested races for school committee and assessor, but your vote still matters. Make a plan for how you will vote. Will it be early voting? Will it be mail-in voting? Or are you going to head to the polls on Election Day? No matter how you do it, go vote. This campaign campaign to increase voter awareness is brought to you by WBSM, sponsored by Langex, Ferris and Bullard, the New Bedford Housing Authority, the DeMello International Center, and Luzo Auto Center. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.